The Athletic. İlk başta çıkardıklarımızı tesis aldık. So it's 4:17, 4:18 on the sixth, uh, the morning of the sixth of February. It was such a big uh, shake. They couldn't even stood up. They couldn't believe what was happening, and they went immediately under the uh, table. Ono Ural is describing what happened when the earthquake struck at the training ground of the team that he plays for, Iskenderunspor, from the Turkish third division. It's located in Hatay province, which was worst hit. Uh, thank God it was a, a two-story uh, building, the uh, premises of the club. So as soon as it uh, went off, they went down with all his teammates. They, you know, without any clothes on, you know, they were with shorts. And they realized because uh, right opposite uh, the premises, there was that uh, seven-story building that their coaches were staying. They realized it was all went down, it was all smashed. So they went immediately there uh, after getting some uh, stuff. And some of their friends who were living in their homes with their families and the president came to the premises of the club. And it was raining and it was very cold on that day. Uh, they started shouting, you know, their names and they wait for a, a, a sign of life. And unfortunately it wasn't coming and it was getting uh, colder and colder, but they started digging. By the way, there was electric poles all around and there was electricity, you know. It was a bit dangerous to be around, so they stayed there no matter what. And as the sun rises around 7.30, 8 o'clock, uh, they, uh, on the very top uh, place, they took some people out live, alive. Pulling people from the rubble still alive brought hope. Uh, next uh, to our club premises, there was a military uh, compound. They came, there was some people with some, uh, uh, uh, what you call, uh, iron bars, uh, spades. Yeah. Yeah. So they came to help. So as, as we hear any voice, we wanted to help. Ambulances were keep coming and going and they were picking one uh, person at a time and taking to the hospital then coming back again. One of our friends came back and said, I heard the voice of our uh, conditional coach, physical performance coach. That voice was 38-year-old Ibrahim Halil Olmez. Unfortunately, the building smashed on top of him and there was so heavy stuff, so we were able to hear him, but we could only see his hands. And nearly we talked to him for four or five hours and when we took him, it was around lunchtime. When we took him out, he was able to speak to us, he was able to see us, talk to us. Uh, and we immediately took him to hospital with the special vehicle of uh, a military vehicle. 12 hours after this, uh, they heard that he was dead. Although he was okay outside, it was said to them that because he had a lot of damage and there was a lot of internal bleeding, so they lost him. They heard the news. Iskenderun Spor's goalkeeper coach, Ugar Kurt, was also trapped in the rubble of that building and died. 
Elsewhere in the city, 17-year-old academy player Burak Duralti also lost his life, along with his mother and father. Left-back Ahmet Devret had a lucky escape, as explained by one of the club's backroom team, Kamal Islamoglu, who's been acting as my translator when I've been with Iskenderun Spor. As, as the earthquake started, uh, he was in his bedroom with his wife, and they immediately jumped into the uh, room of uh, the kids. And their mother was staying with them. So they, it was shaking so bad, they got all together as a circle, you know, he, the, the player grabbed them. And as the, the, the, the earthquake continued, their bedroom smashed the rest of the building, uh, stand on. So they they are saved. So the the the room that they were in. Yeah, the bedroom fell down. And says, how can I explain this? Yeah. The next twist in this remarkable story of Eskenderun Spore is that after the earthquake, they were given the option as to whether they wanted to continue, and the president thought, yes. We will. We think about this one almost two, three days after we decide and after we come to this federation and we say we want to continue in the, our city, impossible. That's Hakan Bolat, the Iskenderun Spore president. The decision was made to relocate to Istanbul. And we decided to come to here. We have to continue to for football. That's why we decide like this and we make very big history and I'm sure they will speak about this one next 50 years. This is where Levent Shahin, the former Turkey assistant coach, enters the story. One week prior uh, to the earthquake, the team had no coach. Right after the earthquake, because he knew uh, the president of the club uh, beforehand, and he is a, a son of that region. He was uh, born and raised uh, there. I think it was in Doksanüstemi the same, and in even in the, in the season of '93, he was a player in this team. Uh, so, without hesitation, he contacted the, the president and he said, uh, "I heard you are looking for a manager, and I want to apply for the job. And I have only one uh, uh, rule: I'm not going to get uh, any payments." That's the only reason I want to come and the only condition I want to come and coach you. Many players were not able to sleep because it has happened at 4 a.m. in the morning. So it really affected them a lot. And there is a little bit more depth. Uh, the same apartment that those coaches have lost their lives Four of his cousins were living in the same apartments. So the players, without knowing it, they saved two of his cousins uh, from the same apartment. Two of his cousins who were in the rubble for nine hours before they were saved by some of the players who came over the road. He then realized in discussions with those players after he'd taken the job, that they had saved his family members. And that makes the connection 
between Levent Sahin and his team who are pushing for promotion up to the second tier in Turkey all the more special. The incredible link here is, is um, they of course did this without expecting anything, without knowing that they were my cousins. Uh, so it came from their hearts and so it is a reflection on me. It's a, a great um, a tie between us. Uh, that's, I just, I know it's not enough, but I'm doing this in return of, not just in return of that, but because my mom is from that region, because I know the people of that region uh, and regardless of who they would have done it anyway. So it shows how big their hearts are. Shaheen's two other cousins died in that apartment building, but he and the Eskenderun Spore players put their collective grief aside and, united, they went on a great run to the playoffs, winning 11 of 15 matches. Nine other teams stopped playing in Turkey. Well, this is where one of the other footballing tragedies occurred here in Malatya, where they lost their goalkeeper, Ahmet Tukazlan. And you may well have seen it on social media. His wife, who was also in the building that was here behind me, pleaded for people to help online. For hours and hours, they were searching for her husband, who she'd been in the same room as when the earthquake struck. My husband has been under the collapsed building for 30 hours. No one can take him out. This place is now flat. Kubra and Ahmet were in the Trend Garden residence. CCTV footage shows that it collapsed within three minutes of the earthquake starting. There are ongoing investigations into that building and thousands of others in the affected area. Ahmet Tukazlan was one of 29 people that died in that block. Everyone like him. He's a smiley guy. He's doing his job very good. And all Malatya, the uh, city knows him. That's Yeni Spores president, Ahmet Yaman. We just got married three months ago. And uh, then his uh, buildings collapse. If he, all our uh, houses collapse, he's like Ahmet's wife, he said, uh, our sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ahmet was uh, their brother. And uh, uh, after earthquake, everybody tried to help 
uh, each other and uh, also club and helps the wife. With so many of the stories of the earthquake, twists of timing and logistics were the difference between life and death. Iskenderlin Spore's two coaches that died, that we spoke about earlier, probably wouldn't have been staying in the building that collapsed if they didn't have a game within 48 hours. Yeni Malatia Spore, meanwhile, had been given two days off by veteran coach Yilmaz Vural. So most of the squad, apart from Tukazlan, were elsewhere the night of the earthquake. It's okay, two days off for the team in that turn. Uh, after that, uh, Yilmaz Uja, uh, came to Istanbul and uh, he slept. And after that the day, he, he woke up and he see the earthquake. Malatya staffs returned to Malatya from the Rize by bus in Ahmed, in that bus. He returned to Malatya. If I didn't give the two day off to team, all of us returned to Malatya and maybe today we, we didn't survive. Just Ahmed's wife's alive right now. If all the players uh, went to Malatya, there is a lot of uh, players on that apartment too. After the tragedy, Yeni Malatya Spore were one of the other teams to stop playing. Vural went to Tukazlan's funeral and spoke to his wife, Kubra. When he arrived at Malatya and uh, spoke with uh, uh, Ahmed's uh, wife, and Ahmed wife said, uh, in uh, the earthquake time, uh, she was on the uh, window side, but Ahmed is in the inside. Uh, she alive, but Ahmed has about that. So this is Karaman Marash and it's a really attractive city. It's got palm tree lined streets, wide pavements. There are people now out shopping and it looks on one side of the street like a completely normal bustling city in a really nice setting. That's on one side of the street. You then glance through over the initial road, past the palm trees in the center of the street. And there you have complete devastation on the other side of the road. There were apartment buildings there for maybe you know, a few hundred meters all the way along. No longer there, now just rubble. And they've been replaced by containers where people will either try and reopen their shops or that's where they have to live now. So we're, we're here with Osman Buzkut, the technical director at Adiaman. And we are stood in front of where his house used to be. Mm -hmm. um, Osman, my condolences to you, the loss of your family, 
tell us what happened here. When earthquake happened, and uh, he he was awake, but he stand up uh, from his uh, bed, he felt he's he's going to die. Earthquake last one and a half minute. Mm-hmm. He met some uh, player there, three player, and uh, he, they hug each other, but he wasn't able to help them because uh, immediately he called his family mm. over here, but he wasn't able to reach them. Ondan sonra tesise gittik. Tesiste futbolcular mı görünce biraz daha. Immediately he came here after the facility, but he realized that his uh, his house is collapsed, and his uh, also three uh, family member die. His daughter Meryem, son-in-law Mustafa, and one-year-old granddaughter Oiku Nena had been killed. After nine days, mm-hmm. they able to he, uh, remove his uh, dead body from the uh, building. Before earthquake, and uh, uh, they have a video conversation. This is the last uh, see each other, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, after they never see each other, they didn't even say goodbye. Ondan sonra işte çocuklarımızı çıkarıp defnettik. He buried his family, uh, three kids. Uh, he's very sorry, but uh, life is continue, and he try to survive. This is the destiny. Uh, we can't take any uh, revenge from anybody mm-hmm. because no one uh, came here to kill my family member. Uh, but right now I have to be uh, strong for my wife, he said. Yeah. Uh, this happened, uh, all area affected everyone. Some uh, some of them damaged more, some of them less. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, he said again, uh, he has to be strong for another kid and wife and himself. Osman's stoicism in the face of unbearable pain is remarkable. He takes Zafir, my guide and translator, and I, around Karaman Marash, a city that now rumbles with the noise of excavation, including to the Ebra apartments where the tragic photo we discussed in episode one was taken. The first part of his city's name, Karaman, translates to hero in English. And despite all he had been through, he went on to save lives in Hatay. Uh, one guy need help, help, help, help. And finally, no one go, go inside of the building because of just like this. And uh, everyone's scared, but... He went to the inside and uh, found the guy and uh, he's breathing only very short area, very small hole and uh, finally he rescued the guy and uh, uh, he rescued five people already, it's very, very important, even he lost his family. Yes. 
Poppies grow around the deserted Yeni Malatia Sports Stadium, a flower synonymous with remembrance. Football in all of the affected regions will continue, but the damage done to cities, communities, and most of all families will be felt for generations. Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan, re-elected last month, says everyone will be rehoused within a year. Four months on, and from what I've seen, that looks to be an ambitious promise. The tent and container cities aren't the long-term answer. It's likely to take between two to five years to rebuild some devastated areas, if not longer. There's so much work and healing to do. So much support is needed for a region torn apart. All along the fault line, there are stories of tragedy. But like with Iskender and Spore, and so many others, there's also inspiration. If we would have taken uh, the easy way of giving up and going back to our homes and lay down and wait for the next season, I don't think uh, we would be uh, able to live with this pain separately. But because we seek refuge in football yeah. uh, and we understood each other and because we went through this together, I think we are going through the shock together. I'm not saying we are through the shock. We are still in pain, we are still in shock, but we, somehow we are healing ourselves with football. That's what he says. Football on Turkey's Fault Line was presented by Adam Leventhal and produced by Adonis Pratsidis. The Athletic. <laughs>